Hello, I'm Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church, and we're in a series called Being a Disciple of Jesus. And we've been talking about the essence of discipleship, which is really loving the Lord. And um, discipleship really begins with the gospel. The gospel is the message of God's, God's awesome love for us. And it's, the Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. And so it all begins with us receiving his love. We need to have a revelation of God's love for us through Jesus to the point where it truly grips and, and fills our heart. Then it says we, we will start to love him. And the whole life of a disciple of Jesus or a Christian uh, is is an expression of our love for the Lord. If we detach it from, from love, then um, it becomes a religion. It becomes a set of keeping rules. Uh, and it loses its value. It loses its excitement. It loses its joy. And God is not calling us to a legalistic law-keeping. He's, he's calling us to a, a love relationship where we do his commandments because we love him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. It should be an expression of our love for him. And what we saw is that it all starts with the gospel, the preaching of the gospel, because gospel means good news. It's the good news of God's love. You know, we do tell the bad news as well. We tell the bad news of sin and judgment. We, people need to know that they're sinners, that they desperately need salvation because judgment is coming. And they need to understand that. But when they understand the bad news, then they'll actually be ready to embrace the good news because the message of God's love will be meaningful now to them. Once they understand the mess they're in, the judgment that's coming, the horror of their sin, then when they hear the good news that Jesus took their sin on the cross, took their judgment, he took the equivalent of eternal hell for them on the cross, an infinite judgment, which he could only do because he was God as well as man. Then uh, their hearts will be converted. Their hearts will begin to fall in love with Jesus when they see that Jesus loves them personally. And it's the, the purpose of the gospel is to win the heart through love. And as I say, we shouldn't minimize sin and judgment, but we do need to know that the essence of the message is about God's love. You know, it's rather like a man who wants to win the heart of a woman. How does he do that? He, he declares, he opens his heart and he declares his love. He demonstrates his love. So he declares it with his words. That's the gospel. He demonstrates it by his actions. Maybe he buys her some beautiful piece of jewelry or whatever it might be. But he makes a, a demonstration of his love. If she's in a mess, financially in other ways, maybe he comes to her rescue. You know the different love stories. And he demonstrates his love by saving her from a situation or by giving her something precious. And uh, in that way, he wins her heart. Once she sees how important she is to him and what he's willing to sacrifice for him and risk for him, her heart, or that's at least what he hopes, her heart will be 
turn to him and what is most precious to him is her heart. That's what he wants, to have her love. That's what it's all about because that would give him great joy. And it says that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the shame and, and the cross because he was, he had, what he wanted was, was your heart, was your love. And so the gospel is a message of love. And the aim of the gospel is, again, to win your heart with, God, with Christ's love. And really, when you share the gospel, Christ is speaking through you. As you declare the love of Christ, the Spirit of God and the Christ himself is speaking to you, declaring his love for them. And then that man, as it were, winning the woman's heart, uh, if he's a strong man, he doesn't just declare his love, but now he asks for her response. He says, I'm willing to give you my all, but I need you to give me your all. And he calls for that response. He calls for her love, for her surrender. And that's what Jesus does through the gospel. He calls for our heart. He says, give me your heart. Come to me. Give yourself to me. Receive my love and put all your trust in me. Receive me as your Lord. And, and so that's the gospel, is to bring us into that love relationship with God. It's very personal. When you share the gospel, that's why there can be some, some reactions, because it's very personal. You are, you are going for their heart. Yes, you are informing their head, but you're also reaching to their heart. As Jesus said, I, th I think these wonderful words, Behold, I stand at the door, the door of your heart, and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him. See that personal declaration of love and asking that one to open their heart to him and let him come in and be their Lord and Savior. And so the aim of the gospel is again to convert the heart to Christ. And we saw again in, in Mark 14, I just want to mention this quickly again, this woman, Mary, had an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard, very expensive, and she broke the flask and poured it on his head. And she got criticized for it because this was so extravagant. Just imagine, it's like throwing thousands of pounds worth of ointment, just pouring it over Jesus totally extravagant, uninhibited love for Jesus. She was just giving Jesus her all. And that was the response that Jesus wanted because he said in verse 9, Surely I say to you that wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. And what Jesus is saying here is, why, have, why should this story be told with the preaching of the gospel? What he's saying is that's what the gospel is aimed to produce. The gospel of God's love is meant to penetrate the heart so much that it converts the heart and causes that kind of a response that we give our heart. We give him our worship and our love freely, not little bit, but we give him our heart completely, the conversion of the heart. And that is what the gospel is meant to bring forth in our hearts and lives. And once our heart is converted, then we are ready to move into discipleship. 
The Great Commission is in two parts. In Mark 16, it says, preach the gospel uh, to all creation. But then when the heart's converted through the gospel, the next stage is discipleship. Matthew 28, 19, he says, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them uh, in water. And then it says, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. So there's, discipleship is, is all about, once the heart is converted through the gospel, now we start learning the word of God. We find out what pleases him what how we should live our life and we start putting that into practice in our life that's the life of a disciple but it's all from love it's all because we want to please and glorify him we want to be like him because we love him so without that love that conversion of the heart it doesn't mean it loses its meaning and so we want to um just go on now and talk about this love of Christ. I want to kind of share this gospel with you. Um, this, this love of God in Christ, it actually, to understand it, we have to go back to eternity past. This is before God even created the world. If you imagine God before the foundation of the world, uh, you know, how would, which world would he create? He, there were so many different universes he could create. And in his omniscience, he knew all possible worlds. And he knew that, of course, it's pointless making a world where he controls everything in terms of nobody has any free will, that we're just robots. So he wants to create beings who have... Um, who can love him for himself, who choose to love him. Otherwise, it has no value. So he wants to create beings that could, will be in his family, that will be in his image, that will be his sons and daughters, as it were, whose love is something real because they have chosen to love him. And so all these are free will. Um, so he, he wants to have a family, as it were. Uh, of 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 people who who choose to love him, and in his omniscience, which means that God knows all things, he also would know, by virtue of his nature, he would know all possible free will beings that could exist. Notice he doesn't take away our freedom of choice, but sovereignly, he chooses certain ones that he wants for himself. That. Don't tell me why, but he chooses them. And then he chooses to bring forth the universe where those people exist and are created and love him and give their heart to him. And that's what we mean by election. God, and the very fact that you are alive right now, and the very fact that you have given your heart to Jesus right now, means that you are one of the elect. God has chosen you. It isn't because you started the process. God started the process from eternity. He chose you. Why? Because he loved you. And, and he wanted you. You were special to him. And so he created this universe, this specific universe, to bring forth you. That's how special you are to him. In other words, it's so 
unlikely that you would have been born. What if one of your ancestors never, uh, never connected with, with their husband or wife, or they never made love on a certain day when, when you were conceived? It's very, very unlikely that you would have been born over these thousand years. But God chose this universe in order to bring forth you. And that's why Jesus said, John 15, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Jesus chose you to belong to him. Uh, one, 2 Thessalonians 1.13 We are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord. Notice you are beloved by God. And what is, where did that love start? Because God, from the beginning, from, from eternity in the past, chose you. He, God chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. In other words, it's got to be according to your free will. But God chose you. That's where it began. To which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see the three stages there? From eternity past, he, he chose you. Then in time, he called you by the gospel. He told you about his love. And then the ultimate in the future is that we will be glorified by Jesus. His love means he wants to glorify you. He wants to make you supremely happy. He wants you to become glorious. That's all his love from eternity past to eternity future. Ephesians 1.4 says that he chose us in Christ from before the foundation of the world. That's awesome. He didn't just chose us generally. No, specifically, he chose each one of us to belong to him. That's how special you are. God values you. He chose you. Now, to understand this word choosing, it means to set his love upon you. That's what it means to choose. Just like a man chooses a woman, it means he chooses to set his special love upon that woman. Like I said, it doesn't mean, um, you know, it means that he could, he could have chosen others, but he chose you. He chose you to exist and to be saved. And we see that in Deuteronomy 7. You are a holy people. Now, it's talking about Israel, but we can apply it to ourselves. You are a holy people to the Lord your God. You're special. Set apart. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you or choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you are the least of all peoples, but because the Lord loves you. Notice, choosing means to set his love upon you. God set his love upon you from eternity. He created the universe specifically that would bring you forth. You're not an accident. Jeremiah 1.5, God says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. This is another word for choosing, is to foreknowledge, which means God knew you from before the foundation of the world. He knew you, he set his love upon you. He, it, foreknowledge means he chose to have a relationship with you, to know you, foreknowledge. He chose to know you beforehand. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. And so the ch his choice is also called his foreknowledge. 
Jeremiah 31, it says, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. That means in eternity past, God loved, loved, loved us. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you to myself. And that's the gospel, you see. That's the calling. God calls us to himself through the gospel with loving kindness by speaking tenderly to us of how much he loves us. 1 Peter 1.2 says that we are elect, that means chosen, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit. So in other words, this, this election is according to foreknowledge. God chose that he wants to know you, and so he chose you, and so he chose this universe to exist so that you would be born. And so we see this declaration of love wonderfully in Romans chapter 8. Well, let's start in verse 28. We know, he says, that all things, that's all things in this universe, this universe was specially created for you and for all the elect. We know that all things work together for good. So that's all the events of this universe work together for good for who? For the elect who are described in this way, for those who love God, or who are loving God. So that's a believer, is someone who, who loves God. For those who are the called according to his purpose. Again, that's the calling, notice. God called you, and the result of that calling was that you love him now. And you are called according to his purpose, and that purpose we're going to see as we read on. Verse 9. For whom he foreknew. So now he describes the outworking of the love of God. First of all, he foreknew us from eternity. So God, the gospel starts with God's love in eternity past. He chose us. We were special. Those whom he foreknew. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. That's his purpose. He wants to make you just like Jesus. Praise God. And so, what does this word predestination mean? Predestination applies to believers, to the elect. And what it means is, again, if we go back to this man, he set his love on a certain woman, now he makes plans. He makes plans, and he has an ultimate goal, his dream, is to bring her into perfect union with himself. And so now he plans out the whole process where, whereby that's going to come about. The acts of love that he's going to do and how he's going to declare himself to her and maybe he's got to make a sacrifice to make the whole thing possible. Maybe he's got to travel around the world to, to do something. Whatever it is, nothing is, is too big because this is his dream. And so he plans it all out. He plans how he will present his love to her. And then he plans out in detail just how that relationship will grow and how they'll ultimately get married and live together forever. And so uh, God has predestined you for glory. 
He's predestined you to become like Jesus. He's predestined. He's made that plan. And then he carried out that plan, you see, through Jesus. And Jesus lived that perfect life. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus did everything necessary to make that love union possible. And then he poured out the Holy Spirit. And, and even now, then he calls us through the gospel. And when we receive him now, the Holy Spirit is in us, making us more and more like Jesus. And one day Jesus will return and that whole process will be consummated. All of that was planned back in eternity because God loves you so much. He's got it all planned out. God is not making it up as he's going along. And then it says, that he, verse 30, Moreover, whom he predestined, these he called. That was the next stage. And so we have the calling of God. So not only did he love us in eternity, then he loved us through Christ and his death on the cross. And now he loved you by sending someone to share the gospel with you, to getting the gospel to you. That's the, the third manifestation of his love. He loved you from eternity by choosing you. He loved you through Christ by him dying on the cross for you. Then he loved you by getting someone to share the gospel with you, probably more than one person. He, he called you, and, and this was an effectual calling because you were one of the elect. You are effectually called, but it was your choice, your free will choice to receive him because um, through the grace of God. And so he loved you by calling you through the gospel, through somebody's lips, through something you read. You heard Jesus speak into your heart about that love. And then it says, those whom he called, these he also justified. And when you responded to that call, when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then he demonstrated his love in a fourth way, by justifying you. And this is a word that also includes many other things, but it means he put you in right relationship with him. You were forgiven. You were declared righteous. And that means now, through the righteousness of Christ, you now qualify to receive every blessing. And so in this word justified is also your whole inheritance. He did many things at that time because you were put into Christ. And now every blessing is yours in Christ. You were born again. You, the Holy Spirit was come to dwell inside you. You became the righteousness of God in Christ. You know, there were about 40 separate things that were accomplished in Christ. You, you are now the redeemed. And you are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. And you became a son of God. And all these things were done immediately. As soon as you accepted Jesus, you were justified. And all these other things that you will read about in the in Christ scriptures, all of these things are now you, yours. So that happened at the moment of your salvation. The moment you were born again, you were now risen with Christ Hallelujah. And then finally he says, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. So once you accept uh, Jesus as Savior, now you receive the Holy Spirit. And now there's a, the, the process continues with your sanctification. And this glorify, he talks about glory, glorified as the final stage. And we are now on that stage toward that. Because it's the Spirit of God that's in you now is sanctifying you, making you more like Jesus. And that what that is means is that the glory of God is now working inside you, changing you. And that process will be completed 
as you get closer to God, you receive more of his glory in your heart. And ultimately, when Jesus returns, you will be glorified and your union with Christ will be complete. And the Holy Spirit will take full possession of you. And that's the fifth manifestation of God's love. So the gospel is a declaration of God's love, that God chose you from eternity, that God uh, then Christ died for you and rose again for you, paid the price for you. And then thirdly, that then he called you to himself. That wasn't an accident. He was reaching out to you. And then fourthly, that when you responded, you were betrothed to him, you were justified. Now you are in Christ and all things are yours in Christ. And then fifthly now, in his love for you every day, the Holy Spirit is changing you, taking possession of more of your heart. And one day he will take full possession of you when you're resurrected and glorified. And these verses are talking about God's love. That's what Paul is preaching the gospel here of God's love. And the proof of that is if we read on, and I'll just close by saying these next verses. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? God loves us. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? That's the love of God. He wants to give you. He's, he's in love with you. He wants to give you all things. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? No, God loves you. He's going to fight for you. It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who's even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. He's praying for you right now. He loves you. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or peril, or the sword? Yet in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. You see, he loved you from eternity. He loved you on the cross. He loved you when he called you. He loved you when he justified you. And you are more than conquerors. Nothing can get in the way of that love for you. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you see, the thing that's on Paul's heart here is the love of God, how much God loves you, the relentless love of God, that he chose you and he is going to glorify you. And he has wonderful plans for you for all eternity. And he says, this is the gospel, the, the love of God. And surely that means that we should give our hearts to him. And then our life of discipleship begins. God bless you. In this series, we are really learning what it is to be a disciple of Jesus. And, and understanding these things is what causes us to grow spiritually. And I've written a book called Growing Up Spiritually because God doesn't want us to stay babies. He wants us to grow strong in, in, as Christians. And so let me encourage you to have this book. Also, if you order the book, we'll send this to you free as well. It's the good news. It's my gospel booklet. It'd be great to refresh yourself in the gospel. And also you can use this to witness to others. Thank you for watching. Join with us at Oxford Bible Church every Sunday at 11am Greenwich Mean Time for our live stream service. Or join us at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can watch more of our teachings on our Roku channel and Derek Walker's YouTube channel.
all Derek Walker's books are available in printed and Kindle versions in all Amazons worldwide or online with other great products where you can also support our programs at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.